0: being like from extremely goofy movie when he goes in the basement and there's that weird slam poetry thing with the bongos and the anyone else Extremely goofy movie. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, say, I know. I know. Matisse has some strong opinions about Shout this Shout out to movie. Disney Plus, uh, our, our sponsor. Two years from now, the first uh. thing
2: I did when I logged into Disney Plus was watch The Simpsons. <laughs> like a non Disney.
0: Who? Well, I, for the yeah. people who have gotten Disney Plus, what was the first thing you saw?
2: I
3: watched Noel. That one with new with uh, Anna oh, Kendrick.
1: Anna Kendrick. I heard it Is was it bad. Bill Hader yes. Oh, the yeah, Bill Christmas no. movie.
3: Yeah. Wait, yeah. Bill yeah, Hader, yeah. right? He's Bill Hader. Oh, now I gotta watch it. This no, is a it new, this new movie, right? Yeah. Okay. They were talking about like to
0: be the new. They're, Christmas they're, movie. they're like Santa's kids or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: And to be Ascension, to be being new Santa. And, you know, it's. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was dumb. I was like, yeah, this is. Yeah,
1: bye. I love Our, Anna Kendrick, but I'm like, I made it. is absorbing my usual curmudgeoniness. So, <laughs> oh, humbug. So, um, humbug. opening banners out of the way, let's introduce ourselves <laughs> before we get too deep. Critics on tap, Uh, we just saw Waves, the new uh, (laughs) drama from Trey Edward Schultz. Uh, I am Bo. I am uh, now drinking some whiskey. Um, had uh, a beer earlier Happy Hour wise And uh, move over to the Evan Williams Let's uh, work my way Starting on the left Hi, I'm Spencer uh, I had a cider in the afternoon Called Tejano
0: Dreams And it has mm. green chilies in it It was really good It's like it my favorite s- From Fairweather Decanals? Cider It's really good spicy? No, it is really, it spicy, no, the the really crisp But you get the flavor mm. of it Also, shout out to my uh, My homies at Batch House, The new brewery in Austin That I now work for uh, We've got a bunch of new beers So please come down and it's not a shout out just because you should come buy beers from me and tip me, but also, <laughs> you also, should, also, also yeah, the yeah. beers are objectively really good. <laughs> and kalachis. They are good. Yeah, they have a pineapple beer. Is it beer. the same right. location? Yeah, it's the same location.
2: Oh, yeah. well, The brew house shit. is next
0: door, so they're, they're brewing next door, and their taproom is our space.
4: Uh, my name is Matthias. I'm on the kids' mic. Uh, <laughs> Does it sound different? The alternate, kids' it sounds a little bit different. Uh, oh, and I'm drinking whiskey, and I had some milk stouts at the movie theater. Moving on.
3: Okay, that was quick. My name is Kiko. That's what Jess she said. Lopez. <laughs> yes, moving on. Uh I had uh two omissions beers. They're gluten free beers at the draft good. house.
1: Um and, yeah. now and now you're now I'm uh, drinking a Corona
3: so you know both yeah. water.
1: You were you were also like I want to say like with the shaved head drinking a Corona and a white t-shirt like yeah. a white V-neck t-shirt I'm like you're very like channeling 1999 Vin Diesel. All you need is How this
4: bad. is very fascinating. All you need here. is that cross
2: necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <little> and <laughs> uh, yeah. Turn the mm, <laughs> the cross necklace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Samantha Lopez. I What did I have to drink today? I had a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a martini. It was a Oaxacan margarita that Spencer said I had to get just because I was being indecisive. And yeah. Anyway, it was really delicious. It was a a mezcal margarita, which is how I like to drink my margaritas and palomas with mezcal instead of tequila.
1: Yeah. And now I'm
2: drinking Evan Williams.
1: Shout outs anybody before we uh, go in.
4: I'll go. Uh, Watchmen had the best Episode of TV this uh, year.
2: Which number? Six. So, okay. Night. Episode six. All
4: right. I everyone was freaking out about five and I was like, okay, it's a good episode, but six, oh my God. Best episode of television ever. Like, I need to watch it again. I read an interview, like, or uh, article on Vanity Fair, with, uh, which w- talked with the director and everything. And there's a lot of things that I missed. Mm. And I just got to go back and watch it. Like, it's, like, I mean, regardless of what you think of a show or, or superheroes or anything like that, it's, like, it's legit probably one of the best things you could see on television this year.
2: Guys, last night I watched The Host again. The Host is oh, in my top five uh, favorite movies. From, so is, after, because
1: you just saw Parasite, wait,
2: right? Yes, yeah. Wait, so. the
4: one with Sharonin? Sharonin? My Sharonin. My Sharonin. I actually forgot. Sirsha. Sirsha. Her name is pronounced No, there's a movie called The Host. I'm being a joke. I'm being a joke. You're right, because when I I was looking it up
2: on Amazon, I was like, who the hell took the title of this film?
4: (laughs) Who's this white woman? But yeah, that's her. Who's this white? Uh,
2: (laughs) But yeah, it is so much more dark than I remember. But it was so fucking good, y'all. Watch the host. It's violent. Warning, but like bloody. But uh, but it was so fucking good. But yeah, coming off of K- Parasite, I was like, I want to watch all these other things. Yeah. So like the murder one. That's the, the one I've Wisters heard is murder, the best. I've that's talked be to like, several like, film
1: people that I respect a lot. Yeah, who are the just next like, one I
2: see will be that one. and probably yeah. be like during the Thanksgiving. Mo- moments
1: of, a murder, mm-hmm. of yeah. a murder. Yeah. Um, And then Snowpiercer was his first. And I think only like fully American English oh, language. The one yeah. with Chris Evans.
2: Yeah. Any other shout outs?
0: Oh, I watched uh this movie called Shrek Retold, <gasps> which is... The movie Shrek recreated by over two hundred artists, where each of them does like creates a different scene within it or shot in the movie,
2: like their own style. Part of it's
0: animated, part of it's live action, uh. part of it's horribly graphic and How weird did you and gross, and it? so for, for free on YouTube, <gasps> the whole thing and is four right million now. views. Um, so the, the backstory like the is the that man? there is this festival in Madison, Wisconsin called Shrek Fest, where they have yeah. like a like a huge Shrek themed festival. And the host or the main curator of that helped create this movie from the people he met through this festival. So please go see it; it's all free on the internet.
1: So we just saw Waves, uh, clearly a pretty heavy dramatic film. I I, I want to call it an indie film, uh, even though I think the budget was somewhere in, somewhere in the range of ten to twenty million. Uh, but it was A24 the and they in, kind of tout themselves yeah, as like an so independent you, you, it's studio. Weird to so. call, I, I still struggle with like certain films I being know. called independent films mm-hmm. when they're in the 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollar range. Like yeah. I think 12 Years a Slave was called an indie film mm-hmm. when it was like 80 million. So yeah. we're, we're in that weird time. But this was, this at its heart was an indie film, mm-hmm. I feel like. And Trey, uh, the writer, director, is an indie filmmaker at heart. Uh, in this style and the approach to this, so I, you know, this indie film that was two hours and twenty minutes, two hours <sighs> fifteen, Not like four. Is, is a is a fairly long one, pretty heavy piece, hit a lot of emotional notes. Uh, we all reacted very differently to this film, and I think we're all going to have very different opinions on this film as we go on, and and that's fine. This type of a movie is is actual art as opposed to a lot of films that are plopped out by studios, I feel like, that don't have a singular voice behind it, that for better or worse are allowed to create something that they believe is the best form of telling the story they want to tell.
0: A24 strikes again, man. I just like, I wholeheartedly believe in everything that they pick up, whether or not it's good or not. I've I've watched some by theirs that blow me away, watch films Mm -hmm. by them that are not good at all Mm -hmm. um but they take chances on stuff that really deserves to be out there and i think this is Mm -hmm. definitely one of those films i would agree to a sentiment that i know is going to come up which i think the back half lingered not just a little bit a little bit way beyond its Mm -hmm. keep but Mm -hmm. i can see the intent behind it i respect that um i thought just the acting in general was really phenomenal Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this a little before the movie but What a treat to watch a movie without knowing anything about it whatsoever. Like, I didn't watch a single trailer of this movie. I didn't know what the synopsis was. I didn't even know that the director of this movie made It Comes at Night, which I have seen um, and enjoyed. Um, Had similar problems to the one this film has, but we can talk about that. But um, I liked that going completely blind into something and just taking a chance on it. um, I thought that paid off for me at least. So Mm -hmm. that's my feeling about it.
1: Yeah, and that was something I, w- I was going to ask is, um, you know, everybody kind of start with any any preconceived information you had coming mm-hmm. in. If it was none, great. But if anyone knew anything about it, had seen trailers, anything at all, because um, I, I have mine on a separate level. So yeah. um, Sam?
2: I did not realize how heavy it was going to be. Um, I, I, like, I think I only read like the synopsis when I was buying the tickets and like, that is also like made by the Alamo and kind of funny sometimes, you know, like not necessarily accurate. So I don't know what to take from that ever. So I'm like, so I basically came in totally blind um and yeah i mean i agree with the sentiment in that you know this being a piece that the writer director had a lot of control over and that's kind of something that we wish for right as independent filmmakers like i want to be able to have the creative liberties or take the creative liberties that i want to um so it was kind of refreshing to see that happen but um i've loved the music and mm. all of like that whole it was a very quiet film in terms of like dialogue at times for the majority of the film but the music is what like kept the intensity up and i do feel like it was pretty intense for a good amount of time um and you were learning these characters and you know by the end it started to you know lag a little bit in terms of like pacing but um but I think by that time, I was so fully invested in all of the characters that by the time we see them kind of processing and stuff like that, it, it did feel like I was a lot more connected to them at that point. So whether he meandered too much early on or not, you know, maybe it did contribute to my reaction to the characters later when we all see them kind of, uh, I guess, without getting into spoilers. I don't know what else to say here. Yeah, but- no, 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 I feel <laughs> you. Yeah. um
1: Kiko yeah, I know I cool. know I know you're gonna have uh more negative die that's fine don't let me bash you is all I'm saying like don't <sighs> let me. Prevent you from saying things. I just wanted to like some truth on. On. I want to hear it.
3: This is apparently what happens when you give a film student a grant to do something for dare and use SoundCloud as your music.
4: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fucking shit, yes. Yes. Right, There you go. Put uh, that on the poster, please. Oh my god. Who would pay for that
1: poster? I don't understand. No, do I
3: don't know what paper this. Is. I was like, what the hell? This is. It was just a dare thing in the music. You're right. There, I was like, if you said it was $20 million budget, I was like, because you spent it all on the damn music. It's the only movie I've ever seen where the main characters have less lines than the supporting characters. Like, it was a good 30 minutes in the movie, and the main character had three lines. And I'm like, what the frickin' hell is going on? I have no reason why I need to care about any of you. But I mean, that's all I know. I didn't like it at all. But I, but I stayed for you guys.
1: There we go. And awesome. Matthias, uh, bring us home. Feel good
4: movie of the year.
1: <laughs> No. I mean, okay. yeah, when they were doing uh, ecstasy, absolutely.
4: Yeah, yeah. No. Um the car ride, yeah. thats just the way. Oh God, okay. Without spoiling this, okay. So the, um, okay, the beginning of this movie has such momentum. Like the title sequence mm-hmm. was so engrossing. Um, Trey Edward Schultz, Drew Daniels—I don't know who's really responsible for that. <laughs> Drew Daniels is a cinematographer, and uh, they. I mean, that just the way they introduced this film is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like how I, I just couldn't get over like how amazing that introduction was. Um, going into this film, I think that I knew about, uh, I can't say this until later, but I, I um, just, I mean, I just about, save it. Let's I knew about ahead. the perspective of the films. Anyway, I, I will say that th- this uh, going off that, that thought of, uh, how much this film does. I do think it, it, adds up to a lot but I'm not exactly sure what that amounts to. There's a like few Like if it pays off or not. Yeah, not there's trying. there's a few things that I did love about it, but there, are, there it has um some issues. Um and so I don't know. It's a it was a but I think it's Probably the one film that'll probably stick with me to the end of the year, you know that kind of visceral thing you know this and parasite um yeah. are the are the two mm. films that just like the the feelings it makes and the imagery and the everything like colliding together um just made it something that will impact you, whether or not you'll like it, who knows but yeah
1: yeah i um i think I think it's hard to do uh too much discussion about what this movie is and what it. Uh, was or was trying to be or what it accomplished or didn't accomplish without going into spoilers so on that note uh spoilers
3: spoilers
1: so um no coming nobody knew coming in what exactly the movie was gonna be except for Matias right It's just correct. I knew there
4: was a perspective change yeah um the place beyond the pines kind of perspective change. Like, oh, like okay. the you so, know um yeah. so I kinda knew that was coming. I just didn't know when and I had no idea what like the details of the stuff. So that was the thing that like mm was interesting You were to expecting me. a shift in you know, the middle um, of the movie-ish that yeah.
1: changed whose movie it was. Yeah, for the most part. This movie mm-hmm. is, yeah, the first half of the movie... Um, it was about the sun. Yeah, and then right somewhere around the middle-ish of the movie, just snap of the fingers, it's entirely a different character's movie, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to happen. It doesn't happen very often. Place They're Beyond z- yeah. Place yeah. On the Pines is a good example of something that has done that uh, before. Yeah. Um,
4: Probably the only <laughs> film that I could think of that has done it in recent memory like that, you yeah, know, it, without
1: intercutting. I mean, yeah. this is a
4: this is a movie um this is a movie more or less about how um the action of men affect the women around them. Hmm. Uh sure. and and that change in perspective is very much I feel like what like what that all like, boiled down to is like yeah. her I I dealing mean, with that, and the same way, in the same way, the same way the that Place Beyond the Pines was about how the actions of our fathers kind of get passed yeah. down to us. I mean, as I sons, don't know, you with, know.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't agree outright that that's all, the ultimate point that Trey was trying to make with this film. Um, but I, I'm curious to hear other people's perspectives on this. Yeah, I don't
0: know if it's necessarily a the actions of men beginning like consequence of, upon women, I would say and like, especially with the kid the ma- our first main character that is and what he chooses to do to his uh, yeah. girlfriend, obviously in killing her, uh, whether by acts well, yeah, whether, or, well we're, through we're, it well, hitting yeah. her and she falls down and then her mm-hmm. head hits the concrete and she bleeds out. But like, you know, I guess you could make a case for that. I guess you could make a case for like, different uh, portrayals of masculine figures and how they treat women and how that informs our opinion of them or our negative opinion of them. Where does it come from uh, that he gets yeah, that negative I thought the... I I I couldn't help but not think of boyhood when I watched this movie. Yes. Really? Um, yes. Yeah, because I, I think the things thing. that I didn't like about boyhood, I think I really enjoyed about this it, movie and that it, kind of a compilation of slice of films. Using life actual, you know, using yeah. actual filmmaking techniques like pacing, rhythm, mm. cinematography, uh, ramping up intensity, using lighting to portray Somebody going through a real human like demise, mm-hmm. like that kid, you know, you want to root for that kid, but like, boy, wow, like he goes through a lot and you feel for him really early on, but then he really just yeah. lets it erode it so, so from quickly. Like yeah, zero time. And, and I'm like, obviously, you guys know this, but I get really physically animated when it comes to the movies. And this movie, like, the very first probably like 30 to 45 minutes made me like really uncomfortable, mostly with the sound. The sound of this movie was. Awesome. Uh Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score. We all mm-hmm. I remember a couple of us when that popped up on the opening credits like, "Oh, oh I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't even I didn't notice." Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. Yeah. yeah. Um but that really shines through in this movie. Not just the songs. Like obviously the music right, choices, yeah. like the, the music uh, supervision in this movie is really excellent, but the actual score of this movie was so intense and the sound the use of sound like there's a part where he's wrestling after he's already learned he's had a horrible tear in his shoulder and he definitely should not be wrestling, but he wants to He's like, well, I got to do it. You know, he only um, knows to, one to thing. impress his father and his, you know, it's his social status in life. And, um, it gets, he gets really messed up by this person. He's wrestling and you hear like Snapping. the tearing of oh. the ligament, which sounds like popping noises, which I've never, like, you know, popped my shoulder out of place or like ripped a ligament, but you can only imagine like, without seeing it like you didn't have to see it just the sound of it made me feel really because really you're waiting for it but too. I couldn't keep my eyes off of it yeah. you know it's yeah. hard not to like get re- or even when her head hits the ground when she gets punched yeah um we all reacted like very viscerally because not just because it happened because the sound was so mm-hmm. intense and so sudden um so I couldn't help think of that versus something like boyhood where I thought that that movie the slice of life thing some kid you know mm-hmm. a coming of age moment of their life that movie frustrates me because I think like the kid is really bland in that movie mm-hmm. and it feels very manufactured for the, for the concept rather than just breathing a real story. And this feels more, obviously there's some techniques that we'll talk more about in the film that, you know, shape the movie around using framing of the the frame, using letterboxing, and, you know, different resizing the frame throughout the film, which he's Ask done Becker before. Yeah. Becker, which, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but um, it was more about this really intense story, not only about, this one kid's erosion, but after that happens, how that affects everybody else. I I related to that. I do, and we'll talk about this obviously, but the back half, it's not that it's not good. I think at, by that point, the intensity is already, like the climax of our feeling of the intensity Uh is already released. And then there's more, Mm. that was my feeling. At first, if it ended with him, like going to getting sentenced, I would have been like, holy shit. Like, that was a quick movie, but like super intense. Like, yeah. that was mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And, like, and that was, I,
1: I, and I, I she that, checked. I took. And I don't know. Flight, if it, I think it was around an hour into the movie. Like, mm-hmm. it was like an hour, hour, five minutes or something. And that I don't an know if I would have
0: like, liked it more or not, but it, I, I do wonder about how much that's going to affect people's opinion of the film.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was just so much like trauma processing in this film that, you know, I'm thinking about like what is it that I didn't like about it? How how would I have fixed it? But I feel like this is so, like the actions that happen in this movie are laid out in the way that they are because in the end, when you're seeing the whole family kind of process the trauma in their way, like that's what happens, right? Like mm-hmm. life doesn't end at the sentencing ever. And there's all of this stuff that happens after that. And they're all hanging on to this stuff. And I feel like, while we're waiting for something to happen, they're hanging on to this shit, and we like, often
0: don't see that. I feel like,
2: yeah, yeah, and we don't talk about it. Like it's not common. Like this is such a huge thing to happen to this family that they don't know how to deal with it. No one knows how to deal with it, especially with the setup of like we want you to be like an all-star kid and we're giving you everything that we possibly can. And, you know, which is probably something we've seen before, right? Like this kid has something and then in an instant it's gone Mm because I'm, you know, stupid decisions or whatever. So the more that I think about it, the more I'm understanding the decisions made while also understanding that like some of it I won't understand. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. some of it's like just not, I'm not into but that's his, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. his Liberty to take. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say like, this is my favorite movie of the year, but I feel like I'm going to be continually coming back to it and thinking and processing it. You yeah. Know?
1: There are certainly things that for me, I know stand out and, um, I, I like, there are absolutely certain parts of this film that deeply resonate with me. Um, both from uh, our, our uh, you'd call him our original lead um, that Kelvin Harris Jr. played. Um, and then whenever we get in the second half of the film, I had, you know, relation um, to uh, the Lucas Hedges character, especially on his side of things. And mm-hmm. and it was just kind mm-hmm. of like one of those things where I'm like, oh, is this... Uh, for me, it was uh, Trey Edward Schultz, mm-hmm. the the writer director, kind of having this... Um, like, this is how I... This is the lens to process some of these particular things about childhood, life, mm-hmm, growing, mm-hmm. Um, grief, and a lot of these things. Um, having known, has anyone else seen Cresha, his first film? So Cretia was the first film he wrote and directed. Um, here in Austin, it was about $24,000 shot in 11 days, all in one house, and it premiered at South by Southwest and won the grand jury award and the audience award which is just unheard of to win mm-hmm. both in such a significant way but a lot of people don't watch this movie and really understand like that what's at the core of it is that it's his personal lens of alcoholism and addiction mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things that like you don't realize they're like oh this just kind of seems maybe like a horror film with no killing i don't really get it so uh, like i guess going in i had my own kind of perspective of what to expect having seen this and um uh, having seen krisha and it comes at night coming into this i guess i kind of expected something to be a little bit more metaphorical and allegorical in style and nature. So maybe I was prepared to look for those things when other people who didn't know what they were walking into, didn't know what they were looking for. But yeah, that's the one a couple times. The thought crossed my mind of, we saw a trailer for a new Terrence Malick movie right before. And I remember us kind of, you know, like oh, say what you want about Terrence Malick. I, I can't remember the last time. I, I think thin red line was the last time I really liked one of his movies, but this like waves is the type of movie that I think Terrence Malick thinks he's still making and mm-hmm. hasn't in a while. This new one does look actually, finally and, and, and good. The new one I'm hoping for
0: the best, but I yeah. would agree with that where I, it is kind of this yeah, like floating tree, in between moments ethereal. Life
1: and song to song and these types of things that I think he's, Attempting to make I think waves is that type of film
4: to be to be fair to Terrence Malick those last three films of his were deliberately made specifically to be like these tone poems as been coined these ideas of like. Kind of like no dialogue, like no, like just like story points and stuff, and, and like there wasn't really much of a script, and it really was meant to ha- be what you're saying. Like, and this yeah. and the movie that's coming out now is meant to return back. It was an experiment yeah. for him. I just right. want to know that I think it's known that it was an experiment for him to do those three movies yeah. specifically. But I, I think like the, like the, that
1: the the type of thing that he was trying to accomplish tonally right was what something like waves does well yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the moments like that's one of the that's one of the better parts of what waves does is tonally come across with uh especially with cinematography and score and certain aspects that relay what it is without having to have characters say the dialogue mm-hmm. or anything else like we didn't know uh the the lead kid was adopted but not not adopted but sorry um that is mother that his mother the mother who raised him Step wasn't Actually, his biological mom until like in the middle of a fight, which is like like any other film would have like made sure we knew that going in, and this film there's just like no, like totally it'll just be there, it'll just work, and when that information comes out, it's just there, so that was kind of an interesting thing, yeah um there's one, that's kind of a there's side.
4: one particular shot in this film that like will not leave me and makes me want this wants this to like get nominated for cinematography and there's this like like fast while he's driving in the car to the mm-hmm. party there's like this zoom mm-hmm. on his eyes and it's like it's like before you realize that it's a zoom like and there's pulling focus and zooming at the same time like it, it like it's just there and it's such an amazing like shot mm-hmm. like in the in the middle of this thing and like the like a trend lens going it was
2: and, you know, I he's really, drunk. And, oh, my God. That yeah, uh-huh. was
4: such an amazing shot. That portrayed, I think, exactly what you're talking about. It's like there's a, so much going on in that one single shot. Yeah, that they didn't need to um, say anything or whatever. Yeah, you didn't Mm -hmm.
1: need him like slurring his words, falling over, falling asleep. Like they did some stuff with the cinematography, with the editing, with the score Mm -hmm. that sold what was happening. And I think that's something that alone should be kind of applauded.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's like storytelling through the visuals for real. You know what I mean? People talk Mm -hmm. about that all the time, but like, I feel like this is a a good example. Like I feel like there are a lot of shots in this film that like film students will use as like inspo, right? And like the three sixty shots that you see over and over again, yeah. Where yeah, in the car, where whenever he's like establishing a place, so like he'll be yeah. in his room or, or whatever. He's like, look at a day in the life, but yeah. like this is what's going on. I
4: feel like this and Euphoria are both gonna mm-hmm. like go hand in hand a lot for mm-hmm.
1: film students. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, we're gonna see a lot
2: mm-hmm. of Euphorias.
1: Yeah yeah I was just say like so drew daniels the cinematographer of this actually shot some of euphoria oh. so i didn't like i didn't yeah. know that's when that came there, up but it was very so, really, like
2: colorful at sometimes yeah, with yeah. like the light like playing with light and yeah. all of that
1: and we should probably say like so matias and i originally met on a film uh here we are years ago that drew daniels the dp of this shot oh. also oh. so we have a personal relationship yeah, We're just like we don't want to like not shoot hide me, that this is uh, as beautifully <laughs> as he shot yeah i feel uh, like, like some of these guys like, just so you know, know uh, like, on yeah. <laughs> there's like we yes we are uh reviewing somebody that we a little know biased. but at the same time we, i i like to think we're still being objective regardless but yeah um so drew daniels uh who shot this yeah he did also shoot some of euphoria mm-hmm. and it does have a lot of crossover not just narratively but in style for sure on yeah. um it, and that kind of heightened reality and even sort of a, um, almost like heightened unreality that I think a lot of teenagers are going through now. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of, uh, high school kids dealing, you know, partying and drugs mm-hmm. and, and trying to fit in and just acceptance and, yeah, and this sort of thing. One of the that's things that's so interesting. That,
2: Hold on real yeah. quick. I just had a thought about how, like, you know, how every generation has, like, the media essentially like paints the picture of what that generation is. Right. And like mm-hmm. between euphoria and films like this, and just like a lot of films being kind of shot in that way and teens being portrayed that way. I feel like he p- potentially could be one of those authors of this generation, you know, of like painting this picture of like what the i guess gen z is right like teenagers yeah. is that gen z i don't even know what's no, what no yeah anymore. i think you're right i think you're right yes. you know yeah. what i'm saying well mm-hmm. even like so. using
0: using the yeah. idea of social media to ramp up yeah. the jealousy of the character to me was yeah. like perfect mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure we've all felt that in our own ways but those kids yeah. like literally live and breathe their again social status was a very important element Yeah, and like this,
2: insta-stalking yeah. is so like normal from when she like interacts yeah. with the that guy that yeah. she starts to do. He said his name is
1: Luke. He like, immediately get on Instagram and yeah, look that up yeah. and she finds him. And it yeah. was just, just a that's, very that's normal that's a new thing. Norm. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a difficult thing.
2: Yeah. It was, that's and the he norm. even uses that aspect of like her no longer being on social media as like a like Something that she's using as a defense mechanism almost, right? Um, She's like, I'm not allowing myself to be on there.
3: trust him because I thought he was stalking her. So did I? I thought when I first
2: saw him approach her, I was like, oh no, some carry shit is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I thought for sure he was going to do
3: something. And then he was awkward. So I was like, okay, you're a serial
4: killer.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. But sorry, Matias, I cut you off. No, I think the one thing
4: I wanted to say was, uh, I don't want film students to replicate this but something that you brought up Spencer was the aspect ratio and I think the way they do it here I I think is great and I think a lot of people are going to try and replicate that uh but I think it like the way that it closes in on you some without you even realizing it too sometimes like I, the aspect ratio changed and like I noticed it but then then it's like then at the height of its like tension it's like the the closed off. It's the most closed off it can be. The aspect ratio, yeah. you know, it's the it's the tightest it can be, and everything. The one to one ratio, and it either. refuses to open up until uh, our, our other character is able to like breathe again, you know, yeah. and like get out of that. And I think that was such a great thing to do, you know. Cause Have you, you seen um, it comes at night? Yes. So I thought when he
0: did that and it comes at night, which was in correlation with that guy having the dreams. And then at the end, like when it becomes like a nightmare, Ooh, am going from water to whiskey, apparently. Uh, um, I thought that was a little too did obvious. And that was this, Oh, you just said, I would agree with that. It, sometimes you wouldn't even recognize it was happening, but you emotionally just accepted it. And it felt right. Um, obviously yeah. the most obvious moment this happens is when he hits her and she hits the ground and we cut out of black and it's the one to one ratio. And it's like yeah. incredibly claustrophobic and uh, the anxiety is beyond compare.
4: Which, mm-hmm. speaking of Gen Z, you know, we live on our phones Instagram. and that's a one-to-one ratio, you know, yeah. so like, it's a square format they, like, yeah. like Instagram. By
2: 9, or 9 by 16 now, you know, yeah, like it, the long...
4: Well, you could, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think four by five. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not. That's the, the argument we should be right having out.
0: right now uh, on this podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <Of> this movie <laughs> been shot entirely was entirely
1: on Instagram.
2: I think it was. Yeah. What's well, amazing, as much as it's
1: I this is the just, world's longest Instagram story, <laughs>
2: two hours. It's like story. a bowl <laughs> on it. Yes, do you like yes, this? Yes so. or no?
1: Like, like, he like, goes like,
2: no, turn it off. Go ahead. No, Cico, no for Tell us how you feel. It was just
3: the pacing of it and everything. I didn't find any way to care about anything for a long time. And I do know where the story was kind of going with things. like, okay, you're going to do this. But the cinematography was amazing. The music was amazing and moved everything like it should have moved it. And they used it in very specific spots for some really cool things. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like when she met the boyfriend at the end for the first time, they're talking and she's being very short because she doesn't want to do anything. But then when she agrees to go out with him and she's like, yeah, I'll, have, I'll meet you at a diner. And it's this moment of like, oh, she's accepting. And the uplifting music comes on. Mm. And then you have her go back down to being sad and it stops.
1: 'Cause and that's they, how real life is. Yeah. yeah, I
3: know, but that's what's <laughs> amazing, is like and then she yeah. looks at him and gets happy again and it comes up, he yeah. walks away, and then she goes back down, yeah. and I was like, That was cool. Yeah. Like, I really like how they yeah. use that. Like they I do love yeah. the they didn't one, the go way,
1: on a, a, a traditional movie arc, mm-hmm. they went through a real life arc with yeah, like all oh, these arc. ups and downs that are gonna
3: continue. Thus to the to name Wave. Even yeah. though like
1: That's why they called it Wave. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, oh, oh.
0: Waves also, of anger? Waves of anger. And God didn't God. call it that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <God. laughs> <laughs> Waves, of, like, of, like, Waves of
1: emotion, y'all. I
0: and Honestly, Lost even though we're talking emotion. about the cinematography a lot and how beautiful it was, and I would agree with that, I actually think the soundscape of this movie was the best part. Yeah, no, like, yeah for sure. Like, yes. even things like in the score when before all the horrible things happen he'll be driving you think you hear sirens and it's just a sound that's in the score like coming in and out like creating deep anxiety for yourself of yeah you know it's coming but like when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen that's totally a trend thing to do for sure oh yeah Yeah.
1: I would argue that when you go back and watch it if you were to watch it a second time that there was a whole lot of that done with the lighting and cinematography as well especially at the house party before the death was that it was all blues and reds in this house party and it looked almost I mean it looked almost identical to cop cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole lighting well, leading up doing to it. It, yeah. it was like leading up, leading, and, and like, but there was a it was a deliberate build-up with the lighting and the sound together that like slowly amped up to like this moment. And then it's this stark concrete garage, white, no sound, sound kind of of it, yeah. A, yeah. and then like then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, what do I do? Scramble, he's on the run again. The music picks back up, and that same reds and blues. That's so, like him running out of the tree line and running into a cop car. That lighting leading up to those, like the, that final couple of seconds of him running out, not realizing the cop cars around the corner, was the same almost identical lighting mm-hmm. to what was happening at the house party. Maybe also, with and, the that, sec- and it created this jarring. Maybe also with the
0: second half, I know we'll. You know, I think, it, I think we can all agree the second half like very starkly different, and maybe went mm-hmm. on a little too long. But I don't think it did as many like fantastical chances mm-hmm. like that in the lighting mm-hmm. and the design as the first half. And maybe that's it. It felt longer because it wasn't ramping any sort of intensity. It, it was used the, natural light only. Yeah, yeah light it, was, was, it yeah. was two whole different movies, I yeah, thought. It really which was. it was intentional, obviously, but there is something, I mean, we're all talking about how much we loved the elements of lighting and sound in this first half, this front half, and I think, I, I wonder what they could have done in that second half to find another visual hook to also suck you in other than
4: the aspect ratio changing. Yeah. I feel like I have to defend my initial statement because I, I haven't been sure what everyone else thinks about this movie was about, but like it, it's called waves. And again, this like this action, the actions these people take that like carry on forth and like affect other people, you know? Yeah. I just like, I, I do think on the pines,
3: gonna think I'm curious.
4: I guess I'm curious like what everyone thought, this movie was trying to say. Cause yeah. I think, you know, it's definitely about toxic masculinity. There's like that aspect of that, especially with the main character, like,
2: and his relationship with his oh, father. Yeah, yeah, for
4: sure. I mean, and Sterling K Brown, I mean, God damn. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, yep. I, I love that guy. And now I'm really afraid of him, you know, but at the same <laughs> time, he didn't do anything for me to be like, really that afraid no, of him, he just you know,
3: push him as much as he could and as much as he knew.
4: Yeah, but also, I guess, like, I've struggled with, like, father figures in my life. So that was like, something that like, like, not, like, I've dealt with that kind of like, oh, God, the the attitude or mm-hmm. that yeah. persona you know yeah. that kind of like the, yeah feeling yeah uh just being around it a lot you know and it and that kind of stuff like always like scared the heck out of me you mm-hmm. know but um but you fall into it cuz you don't want to be you know uh yeah i a, get it a, a wuss, you know yeah <laughs> you don't want to be a wussy i get yeah. it cuz yeah. i had the same that thing, kind of thing. and i mean i mean this i mean this movie is definitely like they're the strongest aggressors of this whole movie they're the ones that like the men in this film like have like I don't know if agency is the right word, but they have the most agency, you know, and I love... Like
2: the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think
4: it's true. I think it's true. I think, I'm not saying this is bad for it. Yeah. I think this film is, like, representing mm-hmm. what it's supposed, like, what it is. Like, it's representing you're, it in yeah, a realistic Trey way. Trey came in intentionally mm-hmm. as a oh, yeah. writer-director, mm-hmm. saying, like, no, I sure. want to
1: address this, mm-hmm. not, yeah. I am a guy who... Yeah. Is sub- Consciously putting this privilege out there Because I don't know any better And it mostly
4: hit me whenever Lucas Hedges is crying over his father Mm -hmm. And then like she's uh, what is her name? What is it? the uh, actress? The yeah, Emma. or the character Emma. Emily is the um, anyway, character's um, name. Emily. She. I could not it's remember. Emily is a Maybe name, that. Maybe that matters. <laughs> that I can't remember. Um, I can't. I mean, you just don't well, say honestly, a lot of names. I can't don't, remember anyone's it name. Say, like yeah. no character names um, are
1: really said that much. W- uh,
4: anyway, yeah. um, and she's like, holding him, you know, and and making him feel better. And there was something only in 2019. Something that was like, oh, like of course, like she's helping him get over that His kind of grief. thing, mm-hmm. even though, like, it was very, I even though that's, you know, that was very sweet, that was very caring, that was great for her to do that, to be able to do that and be there for him and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was very realistic of how people react to things. But I at the same time, but at the same time, it made me think about the fact, like, what are these female characters? Because we're focusing on her for, like, 45 minutes of the film.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
4: know? And, like, and it really is about... How did this her brother affect her? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a very strong thing to like to see how toxic masculinity can screw up a family, can yeah. screw up people. You know, yeah. like can do a whole lot. I think it yeah. is about I don't know. That's why I felt like that whole thing is like at on the surface. Well, there's a whole lot going on. This yeah. I said it's a whole lot going on. It adds up to a lot. But I think the main thing for me was like how this how the men affect women in their lives mm-hmm. you know in in different ways yeah. you know so i guess i
0: just don't disagree with that i think it's more i didn't see it as the main overarching feeling i i mm-hmm. definitely agree that's a big reality like the movie does a lot it does yeah. A yeah. Lot. to me i mean yeah. the, to me the very like easy metaphor is like for every great like you know the tight end comes in comes out like for every amazing thing that happens in your life something horrible is to follow and back and forth and it will continue to be that way. There's a lot of this living in the moment Mm -hmm. dialogue that comes up, you know, got to keep your head above water to live in the moment kind of thing. And I think that's sort of it is if we allow the things that are horrible to live on beyond just that moment and like totally wreak havoc to us. Like the mom, for example, like she, she, yeah, grieving is kind of like that where she can't stand to look at her husband because she just sees her son and the, the evil yeah. that she thinks he's become and that almost destroys their marriage but um for every i mean if you think about after he kills you know after the the kid kills the girl and after this intense high moment you see the red and blue flashing lights the next moment we, the next you know thing we see after that is the girl being in school and this funny moment with lucas hedges like, mm-hmm. for every like gravely serious well, moment that happens there, in there's this, a lot more that happens but emotionally like i felt this movie like really leaned into that yeah. like where was going to be? Very go deeply over that? serious, yeah. and then helping bring us back in a nice, easy way to like a flame. It helped ease us into the, like, the lighter stuff. I Whereas, feel like, in like, any other situation, it would feel out of place. Yeah. You know? That, it would feel very crazy.
2: That dynamic that you're explaining, I feel happens mostly, or I guess is best represented in the second part of the film, right? Mm-hmm. Where she hits, like, you know, she meets this guy and there's these very positive things but she's also harboring a lot of things and then these negative things are starting to happen externally right like he's his dad in the cancer and they go to see him but they have a great experience together and they're Mm -hmm. learning about each other so there is this like beauty while she is still processing what's going on and then the moment between her and her father where she you know basically reveals to him that she's been carrying this weight of this guilt that she could have stopped it Mm -hmm. is you know again those waves that you're explaining and i feel like that part of the film is more so reflective of that than the lead up to that point you yeah. know
0: mm-hmm. i think it happens a couple times in the beginning like especially with the uh, him and his girlfriend where mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. really happy together but then all of a sudden like she has to get an abortion or he's calling her like a, s- a stupid, stupid ass bitch, bitch and, like kicking her out of his car because and then like they like even in the same text conversation they make up but then also like get back into that go, like get back into fighting and then she's Blocks him. You know, yeah. like the, how emotionally charged yeah. young people are in particular. Obviously, everyone's emotionally charged mm-hmm. in this movie, but young people in particular, the erratic uh, emotional swings that they go through. It, we talk about the opening sequence, you know, the whirlwind that is the day in the life of a young high school kid who's trying to do it all. Like it feels yeah. exhausting. And I felt exhausted watching this movie in yes. a good way.
2: Yeah. You're, you it you been empathize
0: called with the exhaustion of Roller coasters and gone. waves. Yeah. I
2: feel like the roller coaster coastin, part was like in the beginning. It was exhausting coastin. to watch the teenagers.
0: Trying to give a nice, a hip, uh, yeah. Gen Z <laughs>
4: hashtag coastin.
2: Hashtag coastin.
4: Kiko, are you just like oh, oh, young vibes. people? I hate it. <laughs> like, it was grumpy, kind of like, like
3: I saw them. I was like, "You freaking idiots! What the hell are you doing?" Bitches, no, no, <laughs> really. they came from too, and I'm like, "You can kiss my ass," because that was kind of on the dad side too. He was like, "He was like, you don't know what up." I was like, "Yeah, you don't, bitch. You were just jerking off in the room, and your sister's over there. Are you even uh, considering?" Also,
0: why was he not wearing headphones while?
2: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, was just man, openly
0: full surround sound monitor watching Emily, arguably. Let's face it, well, mediocre porn. But I mean, yeah. I
2: think that whole montage was him just like not giving a fuck. Like, if yeah. I could name the montage, it would be I don't give a fuck. Because he was just like drinking and driving, doing drugs, and he went and got like shame Fucking food, the which hell? i Whoa, the well, Here's the, the truth. The you know? parents
4: didn't give a fuck. Yeah, nobody no matter was there at any point. Did they ever hear anything that was happening That's true. with their kids? <laughs> That's you know, true. and like she argues with uh Sterling K. Brown about like you're never around. What like, you were not you were never there. The no parents one... were very out. It sense. was oh, all you trying to think, tell me.
0: You hear your kid jacking, it, you're going to break in his room and stop. No, him. they didn't hear oh,
4: anything. Okay. No, I'm talking about when he's throwing up. Whenever he's in the bathroom, yeah. the multiple times. Yeah. Whenever Sister water's clear, be like everything that happens with this kid, they don't notice what's. My happening
2: My parents noticed everything. Oh like, yeah. there's. They're I mean, we lived in, in a much smaller house. I didn't have my own room. Weird flex, that. but
1: okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when <laughs> I was watching, We had
1: one big bed. But and
0: you know what, they didn't
2: notice that my sister was a lesbian for the longest <laughs> yeah, yeah. time and Ugh. that was like the best kind of Do they know now? situation. Oh yes, of course. Okay, she's good. married I to thought a thought woman. I thought we
4: were about
0: to
2: have a moment. No, 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 Allen. no, she's married to a woman. <laughs> Did you just out your sister on I was just on
0: this podcast, <laughs> sorry, your parents sorry,
1: aren't sir, listening to Mr. and Mrs.
4: Better. Lopez, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. and Mrs. Lopez.
3: His girlfriend's no. name is Lopez too, so that was a shout out for us.
2: No, my sister's married to a woman and she is the best thing that happened to her, for real.
3: No, but all those things that he was doing, like I kind of felt related to the dad in general. In general because of having those discussions with my niece. And some of my friends' kids because they're all just like you don't know how tough it is I was like bitch you don't know how tough it's going to get mm-hmm. I need you to understand that this you need to learn to let this go and learn to let this stress go but it's about no, perception like, when you're I a teenager
2: was... and, and everything you that you worked world. for yeah, and everything world, yeah. that you think that you're so going to literally everything is falling apart yeah. for this guy forgive
4: me if I'm wrong though but that was also a race thing too right yeah, I they had
2: that conversation I like oh, so, totally,
4: like he wrote that like you have to be tougher than everyone because you do not realize yeah and I'm and I'm like kind of sounds like a slam poem to be honest Uh,
0: uh, are you gonna take it
2: are you gonna appropriate this conversation (laughs) for your slam poetry no well that's why I don't No, no that's what I'm
0: saying because because the true thing is is that's very emotionally... He's, he's playing to that kid's... Emot- when he says that, the kid actually finally listens to him. Before, yeah. he's like, I'm not listening to it, but when he yeah. starts it, talking about that... I mean, that's a very true, he's, he's real very conversation. You know,
2: yeah. You know... So when I say... The, yeah. the, the, the writing is Yeah.
0: The individual scene-to-scene writing is so excellent.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I so... Thought, natural. Oh,
0: I,
4: I, there was
1: a lot of improv. I, I remember I that tell. moment is <laughs> kind of a standout um, because I, I, I was genuinely curious um, how much of this story... Um, would have existed outside of race if it was something in which um, if this exact sort of storyline, as far as the plot points go... um, would have existed kind of the same way. And if this is something mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is something that translates to anyone else, like whether you're white, black, Hispanic, I mean, I feel like anybody I've in seen, America,
2: I feel like I've seen this film movies, yeah. in another, in just white better. form. I yeah. mean, you could have yeah. cast Lucas Hedges I
4: mean, in the main, you know, yeah. the,
2: the aspect of race, I think, further amplifies the pressure that he feels maybe Mm -hmm. um but i think what is great about this film is that they have a mainly african-american cast and it could be a white cast but like that makes the point for like yeah there's all these white people films out there they don't need to be all white people films right like it's all relatable i I think everybody can relate to the fact of being like there's all of this pressure coming from your parents. Like, for me, for example, it was like, I need to make it through high school without getting pregnant, right? Like, that was like the scariest for Latino, thing. For
3: Latinos, that is the very minimum that we yes, have. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Do don't get knocked So up. I was
2: like, I can't even look at a man. And yeah. obviously... As I said, my sister wasn't even looking at me. Whereas being a white teenager,
1: they were like, get abortions. It's fine. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell anybody. It's very different. It's very different. I mean,
2: my dad was one step away from being TI, for real. Like, (laughs) making sure that, like, everything was intact. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I think everyone can relate to that pressure of, like, your parents putting everything that they have on the line to make sure that you have everything that you like ha- that you want and that you have privilege his truck. and then <laughs> you make a couple of mistakes one mistake but all of that is rooted in something right and it all goes away like that happening like watching it all play out i was like yeah that has played out in my head before where yeah. like a pregnancy kind of ruins the trajectory for someone you know and the uh, conversation y- that they yeah. have and he making making it all about himself when you know the woman is like Look, this is my body. Like I have to be able to have some kind of agency here. Um and that was really an interesting way that he kind of The more that, that, that I think
4: about it, the more that this movie is really about like the parental neglect too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way that father, like he wasn't there for his son in the yeah. ways that he needed mm-hmm. to be. He was there where he thought he like yeah. he was trying to do he was it, was and making it about things. It himself. and he was really making it about himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then finally realizing I have to be present for my daughter. Mm -hmm. That was such a beautiful moment, you know?
1: And it it was a failure on his part as a father uh, because he had raised his son who had made that moment with a pregnancy with a girlfriend about himself. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until much after the fact that you realize like, Oh, Sterling K Brown's character, he instilled that on his son unknowingly oh, totally. yeah. subconsciously that then projected it, you know, and this is this ongoing sort of vicious cycle that if we don't, you know, try to get ahead of, obviously, you know, like could just, uh, you know, be a, be a continuous problem. So to all the um, men out
2: there who are making it about themselves, quit yeah. that shit. I'm sorry, also, Sam. I'm stop sorry. Stalking women. Yeah. <laughs> Matias. So stop but, stalking but he, women on the gram. Stop thinking that you're allowed to just take their space.
4: Let the woman. We, talk, stop. The, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the original
1: question was actually to you to follow up was, um, so the original question was, this is the type of story that although there were elements of it, um, Plugged into specifically Black culture, um, it still is a story that would resonate with anyone oh, yeah, else, it's right? Totally yeah. Because I feel like I think it's just interesting a white guy, that we're having have...
2: this conversation because, like, I've spent thirty some odd years watching white people movies and have never been asked like has it been relatable because it's white people like, yeah, because it has to be. And because it's relatable, relatable is relatable. So why, yeah, and I'm I think now anyway. with representation yeah. actually being at, you know, top of mind for people and people, people actually realizing that there are actors of color, actor of actors that are trans actors who can actually play those roles instead of, you know, casting straight white men to do that. Um, Jared Leto, um, <laughs>
1: but so th-
2: you know what i'm saying like yeah. relatable is relatable no matter what color it is and i think it's important for us to see people that look like us on screen
1: i want to just i a hundred percent agree and i think that's that's the value of this type of movie yeah. and this type of conversation is um is there an issue with a as far as i know straight white male writing and directing this movie
2: I mean outright yet. I mean no. you would think so, but I don't know the history of this either. Like yeah. he yeah. very well could be telling a story that could be real, something that he's experienced. Yeah, because, Like for all you know, we like, know, he co- could be the Lucas Hedge's whatever, character in real life. Yeah. He, I mean, I, I don't mean, think he is, but I mean, white people telling black be. stories is problematic at its uh, on the surface, but yeah. again, like white people have been telling white That's, people stories forever? At this point I'm just like but there was yeah. a, a stabbing Reagan
3: high like what yeah. 7 years ago. Here in and Austin, was there was a stabbing between a couple. Like, one of them, they were dating, and the boyfriend stabbed the girl in the middle. Oh, are talking about the Alamo people,
4: too? Like, it was... No, at Reagan High School. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, at a bus um, stop? No, yeah. it was at the school. Yeah. He
3: stabbed her at the school because she said she was going to leave him, and he just came up and just stabbed her and killed her. hmm So I was, those kind of yeah. things, somebody acting in passion Any, because you don't know how to control your emotions this is, as a teenager.
1: I, I think, for me, it's interesting to discuss... Um, you know, we're not we're not gonna solve this problem on this podcast, obviously by any means. And so that's fine. But um for me it's interesting to discuss someone like Trey who's like, Hey, um, you're clearly a talented filmmaker. We'll give you ten to twenty million for your next movie. What story do you wanna tell? And he's like, I wanna tell the story about like Family in Florida, overpressure, like a domineering father and the pressure it puts on high school kids and then how each decision of that trickles down and impacts everyone else in the family. By the way, they're black.
3: I think it was Florida because she's, you know, location scouting. But, you know.
2: I mean, I don't necessarily think think that he is walking any, like, dangerous lines here. Like, had he been talking about race relations. That would be a totally different thing. I think this is something that comes down to the fact that like he's very much talking about the the human condition in general. And I think, you know, as people of color, we have allies. And if he has this type of outlet and wants to amplify actors of color, then he has every right to, I think he's not necessarily speaking to like, this is the black experience and this is my voice on it. Um, yeah, he's not but Paul yeah, Haggis that,
1: making Crash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we just go ahead and uh, work. Winning, I know. Uh, best best picture or Green Book, but, or yeah, any other best another picture? Another White Knight
2: movie. Yeah, this isn't a White Knight movie, so that would be super problematic. Um, but like, I wouldn't. But but that's me just saying that from, like, not even really knowing, like, his backstory or understanding what his intentions were or whatever. But I know Matthias has comments well, on this.
4: Well, I, you know, when, when Bo originally asked the question of whether or not this is a problem, like, I said no. And I feel like everyone now in the audience is probably like, what the, like, getting on me. I have to defend this, like, situation. So I'm mm-hmm. half and half. I'm a mixed race. And for people of mixed race, like it, it's a really a problem when we talk about representation for me, because like when we start talking about representation, we talk about what we can or more so what we can't do as like storytellers and creatives. Like I'm a person that like I don't fit any of the the things that you want me to fit, yeah. you know, like I'm not like I can't. I can't tell the story of Asians because I'm not Asian, you know, Or I can't still tell the story of white people because I'm not fully white, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like if what you said about this being the story of like humans and they just happen to be black or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like that's important. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a problem that a white person told it because he's a human being. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we are human beings. Beings, And as a person of mixed race, and I think this is a discussion that like I've, I can have like a lot uh, yeah. more like in the future and stuff like that. But it's been a, like a big topic for me is like for people who in the future, we're all mixed. You know, yeah. and I, like if we start, I mean, if we start like limiting, like who's allowed to tell a story, it bothers me so much because then I don't belong. Yeah, I don't belong. in. I any do think situation. that we can have
2: a conversation with this about this offline. But in this instance, I think that this if we were to start painting like acceptable, not acceptable, because there are not acceptables. hmm this would be acceptable to me at this point because you're right it is you know we're talking about the human condition here very much you know something that is broad enough for people to connect with right like that is it's it's actually great that he you know expanded the types of people that we're seeing on screen Had it been another subject, that would be a little bit different. Had it been been not taken with so much care, Mm -hmm. that would have been a totally different situation. But I think when we're talking about the, the line here and when things are being crossed or things to consider, I think we all have to go back to the idea and thought of the power structure and that's a bigger conversation. So I think... At on its surface, right now, I feel like that's my take. But the more that I read about it and think about it and hear his interviews or whatever, that might change. So, yeah, that's my take. Where I wish we could have
4: more movies though, like this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where it wasn't about
2: yes, you know that kind
4: of. It was a
1: purely familial struggle. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and we all have those struggles. Like, oh my god.
2: i'm still overcompensating for like having an absent mother like i I have like a good amount of material that i talk about in my you know stand up about that like it's so relatable i feel like those Mm -hmm. relationships are so common that like anybody can talk about that you know
1: yeah
3: it was a completely relatable topic and i can understand like watching it i was like when i got to certain parts i was like okay this should have been quicker This should have been there sooner it just seemed like a very big art piece to me. And I was like, okay, you're really doing great with these shots, but for fuck's sake, they're checking forever. But it was good stories that they were on there, and a good story was telling.
2: Yeah. Kiko's, with these struggles. I mean, it's Kiko's easy like, to forget saw... that film is an art form, and that's how it started. <laughs> and what, what keeps the world going around is independent film, but we need the no, big guys. blockbusters
4: no, in order no, for it no, to... No, not no, it's not even that. blockbusters. Me and Kiko only need one franchise about family, and that <laughs> is... <laughs> And that's fast cars and coronas. And 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 coronas. (laughs) Only family you need.
2: That was perfect. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs)
4: I had to. I'm sorry about. It. No, you're good. That's, I love
1: it. We I need more it. humor. This is getting heavy for a bit. <laughs> and there were some things that I was going to get heavier about, but we'll. Uh... No, I Spencer. It, you used to be in terms of like, there, in terms
4: you... of like side notes, I mean, how much was Clifton Collins Jr. paid for this? I, like, <laughs> I really, I was
1: going to ask. Was was something cut out because it? Why have him specifically as an actor? Yeah. Who you know? You fly him out. You bring him to play this role. Wait, who's him?
2: Who's he? He's he the dad
1: of the murdered girl. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 But he's, oh, a, he's yes, a pretty yeah, well known yeah, actor. Finn yeah. yeah. Jr. is yeah, a guy. Yeah, yeah. He's been around. I've seen him a lot. He even
4: did the FP, so shit. I see him doing like that guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's, he's that a, guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who are yeah. the
3: whoop ass fajitas?
1: Big character actor. Or the uh, yes. Rules of Attraction. I need you like I need an asshole on my elbow. Yeah. Right there, yeah. this asshole. Yeah, when he
3: was on the <laughs> FP, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is he doing on this yeah. obscure ass film? Out of nowhere, wow. and he only I has know, one maybe... scene where he's really letting dude into the party." With and like, things
2: like that, I always think about like, was there like a previous relationship between these, like the director yeah. and the You know what I mean? Like for me, everyone is chums. Like when I, something doesn't fit, I'm like. Y'all are friends. Like how did this, Somebody well, yeah. but
1: it's in a movie like this, how small the role is, it's almost distracting because you expect yeah. him to play a larger mm-hmm. part. And especially like when we reach that back half of the movie where the whole perspective switches, mm-hmm. I personally kept thinking numerous times, is there going to be this weird thing between our now new protagonist yeah. uh, and Emily yeah. and the parents of the murdered girl because it's Clifton College shooter because he's on the opening credit scrawl he's a he's a known guy so the fact that they didn't come up was just a, one of those things that it's either a a cut does he, scenes does he or, have any other
2: credits on the film like producing credit no
4: no okay. not at all no. yeah so I
1: That's think it was either a cut scene or he you know yeah it, it was meant to be something a little bit bigger and yeah. he just wanted to be a part of a film that mm-hmm. he kind of just liked but. It was just kind of an odd thing. But. You yeah. were a-
4: asking Spencer a question, I think. What was, uh, no, no,
1: no. I was yeah. just saying, like, Spencer, you've kind of we've all been, oh, I was just sort of listening. I mean, I mean, like, I know,
0: I know Sam thinks he's canceled, but I thought it was interesting that they had a Live of Pablo poster oh, in yeah. the kids' well, room. Oh, no, yeah. Because that album, and that is, album yeah. in particular is about family, and the, the I mean, the song Waves mm. is on that album, yeah. but that album is very Ocean's much about, album. like, the anxiety of family drama. And, mm. like, I really think that's what this film really has honed in on for me the more oh, I think about sure. it from, from front to back like you know this there's not one main particular character like the family is the main character yeah. the and the is, things that yeah. we kind of try to keep in the house per se like we don't want to like, get like, out of the house per the se the Kendrick
2: song that came in when it did no, money, and yeah, money, Frank Ocean, money, Ocean money tree, coming yeah. in when it did well, like, tree, but, um, I definitely feel like the music was like kind of spot on for the generation the characters and kind of what they were going through too and in a weird way like you were
0: talking about Terrence Malick being like a tone poem I felt like this film was a tone poem in a lot of ways just not the way that we expect it to be like it's obviously like the way Terrence like kind of Mm -hmm. coined that phrase but that film is this film in particular has such like a it just kind of floats to new scenes like they're even near the end where after all it's said and done the husband and wife sit next to each other on this their kid's their jailed kids' bed and don't say anything, but that moment's powerful. Yeah, totally. And it's like a a minute, 20 seconds and 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 there's no no sound sound in it. There's music that's been happening before then, but it cuts out when he closes the door and they just Mm -hmm. sit there and the music comes back again. It's like the very, very end of the film. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just thought, I think this movie is really hard to unpack because there's so many little moments within it. There isn't necessarily one main thing I I feel gravitating to. I find myself gravitating Mm to certain elements of it in a really strong way and some elements that I, I really can't relate to because the end of the day this generation is it, it's got a lot of like emotional baggage already mm-hmm. yeah. and i really am curious to find if we're talking about you know the pulse of that generation what content is going to come beyond that you, you mentioned euphoria that show in particular like from my understanding of what my friends who have seen it like really captures obviously in a dramatized way like yeah that captures show's like the anxiety like i remember jordan saw it and she said, like, it made me not want to have kids because I, I can't even imagine like raising a kid and like <laughs> yes. oh, no. what they have Truth. to deal with now. It's Truth. a scary thing, and like, it is—it's a frightening thing. But you know, it's some—it's um, good that they're making things to bring awareness to that because mm-hmm. it allows these kids to like. It's fast, you know. You talked about like kid overreacting about like not understanding. You know, there's so much life ahead of him, but like these kids, that's stakes are high for these kids. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, like, their is trauma is to him. so
2: different. It's always yeah. been that
3: way, but now it's magnified because it's now socially, you can find them, you can yeah. see oh, these problems. Oh, they're going problems. through different shit. Yeah. Like, I, did,
2: I never had to go to school and worry about there being a fucking mass shooter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like There's a yeah. lot of anxiety and trauma well, that's happening bullying, that's been imposed on them. Bullying was
4: done in a class, like a specific, for me, I'm maybe not anyone else, for me, bullying was done in like a specific class like hour and a half block and that was like in the locker mm-hmm. room before soccer yeah. and stuff they like scheduled that
1: the bullying is what you're saying yeah, exactly <laughs> and
4: the then but, but, you know, those interactions were a bit more controlled when, the, when, when we the were bell, younger the interactions rang, were controlled when the yeah. bell rang i could leave i can go to like whatever other classes i had or i had a whole day where i didn't have soccer team you know where like mm-hmm. i love soccer but that was i quit soccer because of bullying and like like racism and like mm-hmm. other stuff you know and like for me it was like i i had days where i could go to choir you know where i had like people who accepted me yeah. you know or like even lunchtime you know or beginning of the and like never had to deal with it you don't escape bullying yeah nowadays. that's really such, that is something that is like really well, well, or oh even God. scarier
0: it's not physical like there's after he you know does the deed and we cut to the back well that's of what the i'm film. saying like, digitally you yeah. see her on instagram seeing the photos and seeing like kids being like lol he should get gang raped in prison like yeah fuck that guy and then yeah. but then you see her walking in school and you know obviously if you think of like the old films or films that we grew up on there's this you would then expect to see all the kids staring at her and all the yes. conversations yeah. to cut out just yeah. to, like glare at it's, her but she just goes about her normal day and nobody pays any mind to her and like she when she goes to the diner with lucas hedges she's like you know i'm her, her his sister, sister right and he's like yeah i know you know the genuine the genuine kindness of him mm-hmm. is really sweet. Just from yeah. that one interaction, He's that like, character was He's not like a. doesn't refreshing. cut to him being like, yeah, I know, and it cuts to her being like. Um, oh, but I still get accepted. It's just like, there's a quiver in her mouth. And she actually, I think she opens up way more right after that. Moment. Oh, you know, she's I amazing. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, all the actors in particular in this movie really yeah, nailed it. Yeah, the acting was Yeah, so if, you, if you look
1: at what's interesting uh, on the larger discussion of this gen- that specific generation that we're talking about is, um, I mean, they were literally born the years of things like uh, the Columbine shooting, 9-11. Like these sorts of things happened, like around the time of their birth.
0: If you're graduating like 99, high 2000, this 2001, year, you were born in it, 2001. It, in
1: this film, yeah. the, the character who dies, uh, she was born in July of 2000. So I mean, that's that's literally right between Columbine shooting and two, uh, 9/11 uh, yeah. happening. Well, you're in like that you're in that time frame. Yeah. So I mean, just growing up in a world like you know being an infant and, you know your first memories are only in a world in which these things exist, in which this has become the norm. And that, uh, you know, kind of 24-hour news cycle, then fairly quickly behind that, the, the social media uh, piling on of everything has created such sort of a, a hectic frenzy uh I don't. I don't even know how to explain it, and that's it's something that we're not gonna be able scene. to unpack. But <laughs> it's yeah. But that's. You I mean, know? that's that's what they're. I think that's what this film and and stuff like Euphoria are attempting to explore in, in unique ways, and I think they're doing a good job of starting to present how kind of frenetic this way of life is currently, um, especially for the younger folks. We're growing I'm so up a lot I'm faster. Not a teenager. Yeah.
4: Oh my god.
2: I'm so glad I'm not a teenager. I'm so yeah. glad I will never raise a teenager. Teenagers are weird to begin with, but like now is a fucked up time.
4: Never say never. That ain't gonna happen. Uh, yeah. It's not happening.
2: <laughs> no, sir. Uh, yeah. Um yeah. How are we doing? How's everyone? Does anyone have any like last I'm feeling words? good. Yeah.
4: Feel good movie of the year. I'm trying to tell <laughs> you guys. Yeah, like this is the uh um I, I the more I talk about this film, mm-hmm. the more I enjoyed it, granted, like watching it and how long it was, like Kiko, I totally agree like there's definitely i mean, did we need the whole abortion scene? I'm not exactly yes. sure, yes, you can argue that I'm not gonna try and argue against it because like yeah. there's a lot of scenes that like were very like they were really good, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like this film, and like it it did feel long and there's something to be said about a movie that feels long regardless of how Mm -hmm. good it is and how good the conversation is you know and um, ended
2: like multiple times (laughs) oh
4: yeah um
2: but
1: there's
4: mm -hmm. one moment like visually um that like is just like a blank screen and just this like light you know, mm, and it mm-hmm. reminded me of like when you close your eyes and you just like yeah. stare, and there's just nothing. I was like, no one's ever captured that.
2: That was the transition into that was the a part transition. two, mm, the, yeah. where we changed characters. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, then there's more of those transitions in her part. So like that's that back yeah. half. You see those like colorful transitions. Between she's very scenes. introspective
0: of a character. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah. I, I think that was a, yeah. I think that's in, in such an interesting visual. Yeah. Um, to do. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like like that's not like a final thought. That's just more of like. No, m- something of to bring any thoughts, totally, you know? yes. um, But yeah, the more I talk about this film, the more I like it and I mm-hmm. like the conversations around it, you know? Mm-hmm. Granted, I still don't know that the film, like, it didn't hit me emotionally. Mm-hmm. I will say that much as a final thought. Like, there's nothing, like, I go to, like, I, I know, Spencer, you have thoughts on films, uh, but Wendy... I am so looking forward to like, like there are films like I, I'll cry at like How to Train a Dragon and stuff like that. You know, goofy movie. Like Wendy looks like Peter Pan directed by Mumford and stuff. Stop it!
2: Uh, (laughs) That was so spot on. (laughs) uh, Did you
4: see? Did you see Beasts of the Southern Wild? It's not Anyway, um, so this, this, but this film, I didn't get. I thought a lot. I don't know that I emotionally got invested. There were moments that were, like, really touching, but I didn't feel, like, I guess I didn't, like, it didn't choke me up or anything, you yeah. know? And I'm not afraid to go into that, you know? I'm not, like, I've gotten rid of my toxic masculinity. I'd like to think where I'm, like, comfortable mm. enough to be, like, well, you know, <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know. We all got
1: some residuals. I, so I have toxic, toxic masculinity. So, so I will say,
4: yeah. like, this film is, again, so impactful. I think Annihilation was my film of mm. last year mm. where uh, was it last year anyway where yeah. again like I don't know what people thought of it and like pe- there's like, it's, like hit or miss for a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's it but it stuck with me yeah, you know and it made me think and it made me like um like want to like conversate about these things and I think that's important so yeah. that's my final thought on things for sure I hope I didn't derail any- anything but yeah
1: yeah I um <sighs> It's interesting during it. I had a few realizations uh, while you're talking uh, similarly that I don't think I would have had if you hadn't phrased them exactly the way you did. But um, I mean, there were so many relatable moments for me that I don't, uh, I mean, I don't normally talk a lot about my own personal, like my childhood and struggles and anything else. But uh, uh, a few key points is that um, I had an extremely overbearing father who was a semi-pro football player Who had raised me very specifically to, I mean, you know, I had to get straight A's. I had to be an athlete. I, you know, I had to walk a certain path that he would have himself gotten to if he wasn't personally unable to accomplish those because he was raised Without, you know, certain affluence or, you know, and then Vietnam was happening when he was, um, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old and, you know, and and various things and a lot of pressure put on me in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were a lot of things early on with our with our first protagonist that was just 100 percent deeply, deeply relatable um, uh, of kind of like I was raised to be a lawyer, an athlete, and these things were kind of pushed on him. Um and then uh interestingly enough, I, I didn't also expect for the back half of the film, um, my father specifically, I you know, I, I hadn't had contact with him for um around the time I was maybe eighteen nineteen, uh, up until uh, I mean none up until he I found out he passed away a few months ago and I, I remember having I even wrote certain stories like if I was to see him on his deathbed because I knew that even though I hadn't seen him in 10 12 15 years however long it had been when I was developing these stories in my mind what it would be like to revisit him and then I watched the Lucas Hedges character go and visit his father in those final you know moments And so I was like, I can relate where he's at, what he's going through, even though I definitely wouldn't have quite the emotional impact that he had. I I can understand why and how that's a complicated set of emotions to process, you know, and and when his dad does die, he's crying, but it might it might not just be oh, I'm sad because my dad died. It's sad because of what this relationship could have been and should have been, but there's like anger mixed with uh, with disappointment, mixed with everything else, and all of these different things. So I remember all of these moments throughout the movie thinking like, fuck, this is so relatable, but then at the same time, what Matisse has said about how that didn't quite have the emotional impact that it should have or could have had, was also interesting was because I really didn't feel it to that extent. like there were moments like like this movie did not make me openly weep yeah. when with all of those things like i I tell these stories only to say at the end of it, put into context is that at any moment this could have pulled the rug out for me and I would have actually been crying at this movie. Yes but that never once happened. Like there were moments that hit me and they are going to resonate and they're going to stick with me, do you feel, but it didn't quite
0: get there. And feel, that's an interesting thing. Do you thing. feel like it ping ponged a little too much? And by the time you get to those moments, you, it's like the emotional moments that happen are so exhaustive. Like there's so yeah. much emotion that maybe you've already not processed, I guess is not the right word, but like the experience it's by the time you get to it. Um, it's lessened dampened because of that, because there's already, but I,
1: but I was curious more. So if let's say the first half of the movie was boiled down to more of a prologue of the story Mm. and then it was her story, Emily's story. Mm. what do y'all think about? Like, if there was a, if there was a version of this movie in which let's say, um, the, you know, the murder happened 15, 20, 30 minutes in like significantly sooner. And then it became her movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have liked
0: it and I think yeah. mostly it's because in a weird way you do need to earn him both being a really great kid and a slow demise of him and you you personally need to connect with him as a person and it needs to hurt for you so that yeah. then when they hurt it, it that that makes a little bit more sense it it's it, it a little more digestible yeah. because I'm glad there isn't one main character in this movie I'm glad it is a f- a, fam- a family focused. Mm-hmm uh, experience of grieving or uh, trauma or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's all centered around us also being a character within that experiencing this kid and like hoping the best for him and being disappointed, but mostly like upset for him and that he can't get over the hump and like get over these things he's going through. Um, like thematically, like tonally and rhythmically, that probably would be a better movie. But I, I guess the things that I enjoyed about, that aspect that I just mentioned I, I wouldn't have been along for the ride I don't think because I think that's the easy choice the easy choice is to have like the 15 minute like at least or some sort of montage like compartmentalizing all of that really mm-hmm. quickly then getting to how she deals with it for an hour and a half I don't know if I want to see that movie yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want to see that's it, that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's it's just it. what's that movie another movie with I think Lucas Hedges is in that movie but with Casey Affleck which mm-hmm. is like Manchester Sat. by the Sea yeah that movie's just like Sad for two I, I thought hours. About that one times. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just like, oh man. By the time it's like, I, I mean, it's, it's emotional. Yeah. No, but
4: I I disagree. I well, I mean, I think that's valid. But I I purposely I think if they had changed that, I would have. I don't know that I liked it better, but I don't think I would have missed uh like having less of the first character. Mm-hmm. Do you think it comes to down be,
0: to more who you gravitate to in terms of like emotionally resonating with?
4: Mm, it's probably. Cool. I don't know. Um, uh, it's just, it's just for me, I, you know, maybe it's that length of the, of the sure. whole film, you know? And I think it could like, it could I, have like, I just don't think there was, I think they told what they wanted to. I, the fact that they took as much time with him was great, you know? And I think mm-hmm. it was very impactful as you said, you know, but at the same time, like as a, filmmaker and editor and all that kind of stuff like had you shortened it i don't think you would have missed that much and you could have you could have devoted a little more time to the that's just my
1: i think they botched the transition i would agree with you well in in retrospect now like having known that it was going to be this back half of this movie was going to take up almost two thirds of the actual film would you shorten that first third down to less that's that's an interesting kind of thought speaking
4: of uh like Place Beyond the Pines earlier and the, like, Revelations, where, where it is literally, like, a halfway point, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I and thought a Place Beyond the, the Pines p- is
1: more like two, like, three even thirds.
4: Probably, yeah. I, I think Place Beyond the Pines does, I mean, to be fair, like, does take a lot of time with the kids. Like, the transition is jarring, and you don't even realize it's coming, and, like, it actually, it's like a time jump, you know? Yeah. And I think that I it it was an interesting thing to do as a storyteller. And I think place beyond the pines took the, a lot of time with those characters to establish them as their own, you know, mm-hmm. whereas this movie didn't like, it, we had like a one scene that really one or two scenes that really established this secondary character. Um, but she didn't really, I, I felt like she got short shrifted, you know, Um, as in terms of like how much time was like, like given to her, which is all to say, like, I wish it had committed and taken more time with that character and allowed it, you know, like I, you know, I get it. Like we, you know, the, the male character like really impacted these and like, it was really important to, to show that and everything. But at the same time, like how much of his story like is kind of like, redundant like the same scene kind of over yeah. and over again you know like, it's like it, we get it yeah. you're an all
2: star athlete and yeah. you play, play the piano and you, you know? have really good grades whereas the
4: yeah. most interesting thing you know, is muscles and yeah. a big penis I, and you probably do sex good
2: <laughs> I was like did this I felt kind of bad thinking he was so hot but I was like do there's not, no way he's still a teenager so please <laughs> don't talk
0: about a teenager that way. please
4: don't
1: huh?
0: he said he was 18
2: the character but there's no way the actor. I'm saying.
1: Like the actor. Yeah, I mean, the No, he's well over eighteen. Like he's. Um, always he's well at least 30.
4: You got to see Sterling K. Brown without a shirt off. So hi, I need you to stop like complaining about that.
2: I mean, <laughs> this is basically a porno for me, you guys.
1: <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, specifically, like, so he's twenty-five.
2: Perfect. So she feels good.
1: She's home man. Yeah, like, so, Kelvin, I mean, he's he's done a handful of Like, he started, like, Great. with some small roles and stuff, like Ender's Game and 12 Years a Slave. He, um... Ooh, uh he Did he do in It a, Comes later at later Night? Later on, he was in... He was guy. in... He had sizable parts in, like, Mudbound. It Comes at Night. He was a kid in Mon- It Comes at Night. Monsters okay, right. of Men... Yeah. Monsters and Men... <laughs> Um, and mice and men apparently too
2: <laughs> anyway
4: all that to but say like yes. I do think I mean yeah do you have any thoughts on that like as far as Chicago. Uh, to answer his question I mean I don't yeah. know
2: like it's hard for me now to think about like what another version of this would look like just because like I also see so much value and importance of the fact that like this filmmaker came to the table with a script and directed it and You know, A24 is a reputable company enough and he had a big budget to where he could do all of the shit that he wanted to do. So I feel like I wouldn't be doing him justice if I was like, I would have preferred it this way or that way or whatever. It's like, he as an artist has presented me this thing. I have a response to it. And maybe there are some things that I don't have a response to, but like, that's ultimately his. Like the fact that I get to witness it is his yeah and, you know? he was, and
1: he was also credited as both full producer and one of the two
2: yeah. editors oh, that's the dream right i mean like so i mean like, like, so, I, mean, like I just, just want to say like true auteur yeah. I, I say that you know, only to like, be clear that
1: he didn't have this movie ripped out of his hands yeah, by A twenty four. not mm-hmm. that they would ever do that but this was his yeah. vision like yeah. he wanted to make this movie he is a guy who wrote this script mm-hmm. directed this film and as a producer and editor yeah. got his as I far mean, it's as I know so much easier products. for me
2: to like tear apart like a Ford f- versus Ferrari because it's like such a yeah, studio Yeah, it's definitely blah, a studio movie. No,
1: I have to
4: apologize to you because like part of me like almost made the same argument with Ford v. Ferrari and now I'm like completely like no. This <laughs> James really Mangold had a fucking vision. You know, because like cause there was something about was like that was kind of like a film that doesn't get made anymore but it was still exciting and it was still had that like kind of blockbuster yeah, feel but, but it was. Was factored, like ended, and it's you know, produced, but at the same time, know? this movie like has changed my mind. Like Ford v Ferrari was
2: useless, Hollywood stupid. <laughs> useless. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Sam, you. that I tried to you thank know. You. But at the
1: same time, like Ford versus Ferraris. Absolutely, for the Fox News watching, like
2: oh totally. Like, Patriots, I mean, yeah. that is like, you know Marga, this totally. is a yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: go watch movie and enjoy Cars or whatever yeah. you know. Bill and, O'Reilly's people, writing a right. book and these about people, it. And, <laughs> and honestly, the, there is a large a large swath of the American population who just will not like this movie. Waves, oh no, Dude, totally. they're just not. They're just not going to get it. They're not White people. Gonna
2: have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry, the same people who love Ford versus Ferrari. No, <laughs> yeah, kidding. yeah. Um, but i think for the most part like i did get emotional like there were a bunch of times where i had like a knot in my throat but that's also because like i've allowed myself to become emotional with movies whereas before like Mm. i was not crying in any movie prior to like last year and i don't know maybe that's because i'm like maturing as a woman but also like i'm allowing myself to have that kind of response (laughs) and um go ahead bo say it say what you gotta say (laughs)
1: i'm Um, just sitting here
2: listening and watching you mature as a woman like (laughs) there were moments where like sometimes things wouldn't necessarily be relatable but i'm like man that is a fucking heavy thing but then there would be some times where i'm like you know i was essentially the caretaker for someone for the last two years of her life and saw her go through that process of like a long and slow kind of death and see how that kind of affects the people around you right and so like when i saw that character his son crying in that way it was for me i've saw it more of like a you know he knew that this death was coming but in like his hysterical crying that is a sense of like release there right like i knew this was good yes exactly like it was like years of him having this resentment for his father and then it's all just finally like he's like it's okay you can go or whatever and like that's such a real thing and just like the relationship between the parents and you know so many things where i was like either i've gone through this i've witnessed this or can understand that this is something that's powerful so like there were so many moments in this movie where i was just like i better not fucking cry right now (laughs) like (laughs) this is gonna ruin the rest of the movie for me because then like it will it's like you break the seal like i will cry for the entire thing so anyways that's how i feel about that
1: you counterpoint know
2: no. <laughs> you can't counterpoint my feelings yeah, there's no
1: counterpoint in that
2: one <laughs> <laughs> he's all counterpoint you Still are not a mature way. woman yeah.
1: <laughs> there's nothing different I feel about this movie have to wrap it up mm. no that was it yeah are you-
4: do you want to walk out of the podcast right now? Is that what you're trying to do? Because we didn't let
3: you popcorn. walk out of the podcast. Yeah. I was eating popcorn. I was like, look, you are making me stay through that long. Hey, oh, shit, we're going to have
0: This right podcast now, is going to be more this interesting This is the first time longer. in a long time
2: that we've all been together. And so, here yeah. is yeah. Yeah. where we it's start part two of
0: the podcast.
2: <laughs> 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 Fuck you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, hell
1: no. The perspective changes to the And it's going to be the to perspective the dogs.
4: Yeah. So now,
1: clean break. We're going to start the Podsgiving episode of the podcast, <laughs> oh, okay. in which we only talk for the next two hours about <laughs> indie films and their value. Here's,
0: here's one, and last, our here's one last thing to ask
1: on this What is everyone's
0: favorite Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Stuffing? Yeah, fucking. Sausage. sausage.
4: Pumpkin pie. Oh, man.
2: Uh, I love ham.
4: Yeah, just good old ham.
2: I love ham. You're Satan's bitch. John if you Ham, cranberry. Yes, John <laughs> Ham too. Oh yes. my god, if I had John Ham for Thanksgiving, fuck yes.
3: You'd come back with a different smile. That's a Friendsgiving <laughs> thing.
4: That's
2: enough for me. That that lasts me all year.
4: <laughs> I'm lucky this year because I get to do uh, Thanksgiving with my friends down the street and like mm. he knows how to grill like he's brining Ooh. the turkey 48 hours in advance and then he's just like, like oh my god that's like, the yes. only
2: way gonna it was getting
1: really excited about
2: the this was like brine the
4: smoke is Dogs gonna be like, like a six hour thing oh yeah
2: <laughs> oh that sounds oh, yeah. wonderful yeah I'm excited yeah. about Thanksgiving <laughs> I'm Prepping on Wednesday with my boyfriend's mom for her Thanksgiving, and then I'm driving to San Antonio. I'll be there all weekend celebrating my sister's birthday, too. Buster's coming. I'm fine. I'm staying at a hotel while I'm down there. So Hi, I don't have my yeah. family.
0: It's a hotel. Really
2: I don't know. Some Stay bridge. I get a discount through work, so okay. it costs me very little. Hey, no mo- let's mo- go. No let's mo- go, go. Road trip. No motel. I know. Hi,
3: man. I'll be in San Antonio. Oh, road yeah. trip in yeah. San yeah. Are you
2: really going to there? Yeah, yeah. I'll be there till Sunday.
3: I'll be there till Sunday as well.
2: Let's party. No, Saturday no, is my sister's birthday, so I'll hit you up.
3: Cousin. Wow. What's up? You, you don't know. know. I, was, was, I know, yeah, it
2: doesn't
3: matter
1: yeah, either. Yeah. Everyone's our cousin no, I, was, uh, I was talking to my friends over at the ATX TV Festival earlier today, um about uh Emily, one of the co-founders, had asked me about going home for Thanksgiving and, and as the conversation got longer and longer, I was talking about how the one upside to having like a fairly conservative family about Stuff like Thanksgiving is like, well... A, they know how to fucking cook pretty goddamn well, <laughs> and B, they're completely fine with me being a guy who's going to drink and watch football all Thanksgiving day. Oh, yeah, not Because totally. I'm like, they don't want me to engage in politics with them. So it's just <laughs> nice to <just laughs> be all, like, just We're, I'm just gonna drink, you know, but if you need some shit said. hung on the walls, I'm totally down to do some, like, manual labor shit, but other than that, I'm gonna drink and watch football. We can deep fry a turkey outside while all the do other the cooking
0: defrost their turkey and no, those are amazing <gasps> and then, like deep fry it and it like comes like a plume of fire Ugh. comes out of them oh my god they're crazy at that
2: point just get a rotisserie yeah. chicken go to HB get everything is chicken. they just keep
1: Central Market, market does the on, don't eventually get right they do they actually do turduckins for like <gasps> 300 or I always boxes. wanted to do that they're so I love the turduckins. I've done that here
4: I'll be honest guys I'm gonna it's a Tradition to watch like a family slash Christmas movie, depending on mm-hmm. what's out, you know, on on Thanksgiving Beautiful Day, and that's the only thing I do. I'm going to watch Frozen Two, and
2: ah, yes, I'll
4: record my own I've podcast without one. you guys. If anyone wants to watch it, though, we'll, we'll, we'll record it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Frozen Two, and it's you know what's the name of your podcast coming soon. The Critics on <laughs> Tap, uh, critic, uh, on tap. <laughs> critic on, on
1: Tap, One so, Critic on Tap.
3: So single shot, kicked, kicked, kicked. Shot. One,
1: there you go. One critic on a set. I'm going to be like the tap. only only
4: I'm 33 I can't go into this theater by myself You're like this is so sad I can't do this that oh my illegal, god think, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: please going oh, really I post on Craigslist can I borrow a kid wait no don't do that <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> rent a kid <laughs>
1: To have my rent center. I was I actually really... really upset that my family saw a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I was like, "Fuck!" I wanted to see that Mister Rogers movie that apparently my podcast group will not want to see. Not I'm to see. sorry, and but there's only one person here who's
2: highly against Mister Rogers. We had a
1: vote and uh two for beautiful day in the neighborhood two for ways <laughs> and then sam was
2: it was fixed. left out
1: on her own to say which movie do you want to it see though, to she had apparently she knew nothing about this movie Waze. Well, yeah. she said fixed. i'm gonna go with spencer or beau not because i know anything <laughs> about the movies but because i'm siding with it's a logical okay. answer You I decided With Spencer
2: Because it's been Forever long Since he's been able To participate And I wanted to be A team player Okay <laughs>
1: I, I feel like it. this Should be the beginning Guys. Of the podcast
0: <laughs> I a, told you I wouldn't see anything
4: We had yeah. a choice Between like the Happiest movie of the year And the most
2: multi- <laughs> I don't think It's you the happiest what? movie yeah. Of the year but. Honestly I feel like This is good for like Mix of what we've seen I feel like this Conversation was really good I feel like my brain Was working in a different way So like I think It was a good choice
0: That's sure. the microdosing Yeah Kiko yeah. 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 uh, <laughs> slips Shitting our drinks Yeah maybe
2: I'm down Yeah no, probably knew. Maybe Kiko
0: just came up as high too soon I know It
3: was like Wait It was like wait, Sobered up at the beginning Fuck there's more to go in this movie Alright
4: so. Okay This was great If Thank we want you. to see it We can yeah. watch it Yeah Thank you for joining us On Critics on Tap Review responsibly Thank you <laughs>